It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Testifying before a Senate subcommittee today were the three tech heads of Twitter, Google, and Facebook. Jack Dorsey, Chief Executive Officer of Twitter. Mr. Sundar Pichai, Chief Executive Officer of Alphabet Incorporated. That's Google, Google's parent company. And then uh, Mark Zuckerberg, CEO of Facebook. They, for uh, about three and a half hours, appeared in the Russell Senate Office Building, room number 253, to take questions from the senators, members of the uh, Subcommittee on Commerce, Science, and Transportation, uh, with the question being, does Section 230's sweeping immunity enable big tech bad behavior? <sighs> I'm going to spend very little time explaining Section 230 because it's, uh, it's well, it, it's not exactly what the hearing focused on. I'll share with you the backstory, then we'll get into exactly what took place. Section 230 is a portion of U.S. law, specifically the Telecommunications Act of 196, or I'm sorry, yeah, 1996. And so if you can, we're already, we're already raising red flags, right? This is a piece of uh, law that was put in place in 1996 that applies today to the version of the internet we enjoy. Compare that to 1996. Uh, At its core, what Section 230 does is it provides immunity from liability for providers and users of a, quote, interactive computer service who publish information provided by third-party users. So the content that is posted on Twitter is not uh, necessarily... Uh, pegged to the responsibility of Twitter uh, itself, Facebook and Alphabet and the like. So that's that. That's 2.30. Uh, It is uh, hotly debated, and depending on where you stand, uh, interestingly, politically, uh, you're going to have strong views on Section 230. We'll see how uh, that shakes up. But the conversations today were were interesting. Each of the three witnesses, given uh, a few minutes to to introduce themselves and talk about about, what they view as some of the challenges facing social media and what their respective platforms intend to do to remedy uh, those problems. Let's hear first from Jack Dorsey. Uh, And then what I want to do is share with you a heated exchange between Texas Senator Ted Cruz and Jack Dorsey. I'll tell you now, it stems from those Hunter Biden emails in the New York Post. But first, here is Jack Dorsey proposing three solutions to fix the problem that social media face. There are three solutions we'd like to propose to address the concerns raised, all focused on services that decide to moderate or remove content. They could be expansions to Section 230, new legislative frameworks, or commitment to industry-wide self-regulation best practices. So here now, Dorsey goes into some detail as to these three proposals. Listen up and uh, consider how they may end up impacting, should they be enacted, how they may impact your social media user experience. The first is requiring a services moderation process to be published. How are cases reported and reviewed? How are decisions made? What tools are used to enforce? Publishing answers to questions like these will make our process more robust and accountable to the people we serve. 
So that's a, a transparency plea. So that is a solution that leans entirely on transparent. Let's just open up the books, uh, pull back the curtain. This is how we moderate. This is why we moderate. And this is what you can expect uh, should you encounter something uh, that, according to the proposal uh, and the criteria, warrants uh, c- censorship. Uh, here is the second proposal from Jack Dorsey, again, uh, CEO of Twitter, as he spoke before uh, a Senate subcommittee hearing just this morning. The second is requiring a straightforward process to appeal decisions made by humans or by algorithms. This ensures people can let us know when we don't get it right so that we can fix any mistakes and make our processes better in the future. That's a tough one. Uh, as, a, as a layman, as an amateur user of social media, uh, you, you sometimes do encounter the need for appeals. And uh, if you, you know, if something gets flagged, if it's a copyright thing or who knows what, but I've encountered that a few times. And, you know, I won't be too specific, but the various platforms I have been using when encountering those types of situations, the appeals process is often one where I find myself interacting with a bot. I get some sort of automated response that really doesn't respond to my appeal. I would hope, should a system like that be put in place in the Twitter world, that it uh, be at least a, a human on the other end. Uh, here's the final, uh, the final leg in this, uh, in this trio of proposals described by Jack Dorsey this morning. And finally, much of the content people see today is determined by algorithms, with very little visibility into how they choose what they show. We took a first step in making this more transparent, by building a button to turn off our home timeline algorithms. It's a good start, but we're inspired by the market approach suggested by Dr. Stephen Wolfram before this committee in June 2019. Enabling people to choose algorithms created by third parties to rank and filter their content is an incredibly energizing idea that's in reach. Yeah. All right. So those are the proposals from Dorsey. Uh, Take them for what you will. Think about how they may impact your experience. Now, uh, while I've got these few remaining minutes, let me uh, play for you some of the exchange between Senator Cruz and Jack Dorsey. Again, the CEO of Twitter. This is in a committee hearing setting here just this morning. Uh, Here is Senator Cruz getting fired up. Mr. Dorsey, does Twitter have the ability to influence elections? No. You don't believe Twitter has any ability to influence elections? No, we are one part of a spectrum of communication channels that people have. So you're testifying to this committee right now that that, that Twitter, when it silences people, when it censors people, when it blocks political speech, that has no impact on elections? People people have choice of other communication channels with which... Not Not if they don't hear information. If you don't think you have the power to influence elections, why do you block anything? Uh, Well, we have policies that are focused on making sure that more voices on the platform are possible. We see a lot of abuse and harassment, which ends up silencing people and having them leave from the platform. All right, Mr. Dorsey, I find your opening questions, your opening answers absurd on their face. Okay, so that's the opening. Those uh, that's the first exchange between the two gentlemen here in the Senate committee hearing setting. Now, before we go to break, I want you to hear when the topic of the New York Post comes up. Senator Cruz raises that issue, specifically the New York Post article, which was by Twitter uh, blocked to a certain degree in terms of its uh, ability to be shared. So here is Senator Cruz asking a question. Following that, I'll play for you the response from Jack Dorsey. Two weeks ago, Twitter made the unilateral decision to censor the New York Post in a series of two blockbuster articles 
both alleging evidence of corruption against Joe Biden, the first concerning Ukraine, the second concerning communist China. And Twitter made the decision, number one, to prevent users, any user, from sharing those stories. And number two, you went even further and blocked the New York Post from sharing on Twitter its own reporting. Why did Twitter make the decision to censor the New York Post? There's the question here from Jack Dorsey, CEO of Twitter, is the answer. Uh, we had a hack materials policy. Um, that we when was that policy with, adopted? Uh, in 2018, I believe. In 2018, go ahead. What was, what, what was the policy? So the policy is around um, limiting the spread of materials uh, that are hacked. Um, we didn't want Twitter to be a distributor for hack materials. Um, we found that the New York Post, because it showed the direct materials, screenshots of the direct materials, and it was unclear how those were attained, that it felt that it fell under this policy. There you have it. That was a, a sliver of a glimpse of what transpired today during a Senate committee hearing. I'll share the the meeting in its entirety on my Facebook page. Invite you to check that out. But uh, the 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 sector of our life, which is influenced by social media, grows exponentially by the day. And what was represented in those three witnesses today, the heads of Google, Facebook, and Twitter, uh, quite literally represent some of the most powerful, a trio of the most powerful people on the planet. Information truly is power. And it is unfortunate that some of the policies that are being debated uh, are, are being injected by politics, or with politics, I should say. You would hope that those who ascend to a level of such power uh, would be able to uh, wield that power in a way that is, uh, you know, of the greatest benefit and of benefit to all uh, who consume the services. And uh, unless and until that debate comes to an end, uh, you and I are going to continue to bear the responsibility of making sure that the decisions we make are informed by information on which we can rely. It may not be that reliable when coming from these social media platforms right now. We have to do our homework, especially at this time of year when it's election season. All right, quick break. When we return, Mia Love, my guest here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.